What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Music. It's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in. Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Monday the 22nd of January 2024. This is episode 294 and we're having a better week than uh, Rafe and Curtis over at the Okada Shorts podcast who say, what the hell should we do with our branding? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, they're fucked, aren't they? Um can I suggest the Purocast? That's that's available. <laughs> <laughs> Suji Smile, that's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, yes, yes, that's actually pretty pretty nice. I like that. Um, yeah, I guess they they're going to have some conversations, aren't they? Over there at the shorts. Um, it's, it's a sign. Well, Shut it down. No more podcast for you. Pack it in. Yep, you're done. I mean, that's a sign, right? Isn't it? I mean, I would take that as a sign and be like, "Well, it was a good run, kids." Kind of, let's pack well, it up. Was it? It was yeah, a it run. It was a run. Oh, <laughs> come on! They're definitely fifth. Sorry, they're definitely fifth, fifth, right? They're, they're top five, right? <laughs> hey, come on! They're definitely in the top five. Um, I'm kidding, of course. Everyone's great. Um, everyone's a distant second. It's okay. Um, look. We, uh, what a week, what a wacky fucking week. And I'll go so far as to say not to toot our own horn again. because we did a lot of that. Annoyed no, a lot definitely toot our own horn again. Let's do that. Let's do right. another, another hour of that. Okay. Um, toot, toot. Toot, toot. another podcast. I mean, we're just fucking cranking out the content here. Whew, you would think you were paying for this shit. God damn. Speaking of which, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. May we humbly recommend $5 a month. Mm, like seems, seems about fair for the brilliant stuff we give you every week. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, aside from this, that fucking Discord, man. I, I mean, the people, who, whoever owns Discord, if, if you know, Discord LLC, you got to be looking at us like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ. The bandwidth you're using. Yeah, a lot of discussion, uh, a lot of healthy discussion, uh, plenty of unhealthy discussion. Don't don't get me wrong. It is our Discord. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what a week. What a fucking 
crazy week. And the thing about it is, is, you know, we do our show and then it feels like we get reactionary text messages to our shows to kind of clear up information and to maybe add a lot more information and a lot more perspective and a lot more insight as to why things may have occurred the way that we believe they have occurred. And um, needless to say, it was just another fucking (laughs) just you're just reading texts and your eyes are open and you're just shaking your head back and forth. Like what, what fucking planet are we living on? Like what, what happened? And a text that made made us think, are we going to need to record again? Do we need to do an emergency? Yeah. Addendum to the emergency podcast. <laughs> we, that, 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 those texts have gone back more than once to, uh, over and above the emergency podcast that we did. So, um, well, look, we're, we're going to get into it, right? We're, we're consider this like round three of the Okada, uh, Okala, Okala, Okala is his name, Okada Saga. Um, it's it's crazy. So let's uh, we'll, sh- we'll again. If you were in our Discord, you you already know a lot of this, but we'll add a little spice and we'll add a little bit more flavor, and we'll give you a little bit more of. Yeah. of, of you're, you're a victim of the psyop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And if you're not, then um, again, some of this might be news. Some of this might be stuff that's interesting. Some of this stuff might be. Eh, you might hand wave it. Who knows? But what a what a week! What a week! You were mentioning off here about noodles. I had a delicious noodle dinner. Mm. Mally cooked uh, tantan ramen for us, which is one of my favourite dishes. Which I don't know if you've had it. It's like a it, it's a sort of Japanese take on the Sichuan Chinese dish of dantan noodles, which is basically noodles with a spicy minced pork and the broth is flavored with like sesame. Mm. It's like a creamy sesame broth with spicy bits, but it's delicious. It's it so does sound good. good. It does sound good. Uh, people are driving in their car and, and, on, and on the subway and, you know, just if your buds in screaming, what the fuck are you talking about? Noodles, man. <laughs> yeah. We're going to open with noodles. Um, I made noodles this weekend as, as well. Uh, the, the very thick cut, uh, fresh noodles, right? So we have this gigantic, uh, Asian grocery store that's that's near us that, that like not only Japanese and Taiwanese and uh, you name it. I mean, it, it, it there's sections for across. I mean, uh, India is represented and um, it, it goes on and on. Right. It's, and it's massive. So we went there and uh, we just kind of bought stuff based off of recipes that we saw online and uh, via the YouTube. And uh, so I made this noodles and it was a chili garlic. Um, so I had ginger, garlic, uh, shallots, uh, and the noodles, of course. And then um, I forget the name of the, the chili powder, but it was like, I want to say gunum or it was like googleum. Gochujang? What was it? No, no, not gochujang. That's the sauce. Gochugaru? I think that's it. Yes. Yes, yes. So uh, that was uh, a main component, and it was f- and pork, like ground pork, fantastic. Fucking, I nailed it. Had the oyster sauce. I had the fucking. Is there a particularly YouTube channel you're following for this stuff? Yeah, it's a white guy. You're gonna hate it. 
a white guy making Asian dishes. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know, he's fine. You know what I like? Because he gets to the point. Like, I fucking hate when it's nine hours of the history of the fucking recipe. And I, I, I just give me the fucking recipe. I just give me the recipe. So um, I'll, I'll send you the link. You tell me. You tell me how authentic it is. How about that? You 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 would be have a a a a better and a wider palate, and B you lived there, so you would know. And um, you're you're fantastic, Mrs. What a what a chef she sounds like. Oh, what a mm, what a joy, what a fantastic joy. And the mother of your children. Look at you. You are a lucky man. <laughs> you are a fucking lucky man. And I know, right? She sings karaoke. Boy, yeah. oh, did she sing. Uh, I was going through, you know, how you just kind of go through your phone and you get your uh, memories. A little memory came up. And one of them was of her, uh, what was it? <sighs> what was the song she was singing? Lucky Boy or? Oh, it was so good. She was just pipes like an angel. Just sings like an angel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bite my tongue in. <laughs> What are you saying? What? You don't agree with me that she doesn't have a heavenly singing voice show? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, okay. just, I always wonder if, not that there'd be any reason for them to do it, but if my kids were to ever go back and listen to any of this, I'm not mm-hmm. sure I'd want them hearing me slander their uh, their mother's singing voice. That's a good point. Well, I've implied that now, so I may as well go go ahead and say that. <laughs> it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. It's like fucking uh, cats in a blender. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, you know what? I do wonder that too. Like if, like, I know we've said this a trillion times, but e- during uh, the COVID lockdowns and everything that went on, just like the, the history that it is, um, not even just from a wrestling perspective, but you know, this is dad calling people assholes over the internet. <laughs> I think I I if, some... if we put out enough content for some sort of AI to successfully mm. and authentically replicate us. Oh my god. Imagine that. Even though what it would be I know what I saw accidentally. I didn't mean to see it, but I saw it and it pissed me off for a good fifteen minutes, but then I was like, mm, they're gonna point. Somebody said I have a, what do they call it? Laugh apnea, where I kind of giggle, and I, I, I guess that's what they might mean. Like, I kind of just giggle at the end of things sporadically, like I do right now. Um, and I was like, what the fuck that mean, man? <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you see, and, and the words unlistenable. <laughs> Listenable. Uh, no, they, they've got a point there. Right. Uh, and then another one I saw, Joel, I don't want to, I hate when people do it to me, but I'm, unfortunately I'm going to do this to you. Uh, they they called the great Joel, uh, Joel A, um, arrogant. Arrogant. Me? Yes. How, how dare they? I know. I was like, of all people, you're not arrogant. Um. And if you're going to think that over somebody who does a fucking wrestling podcast, for Christ's sake, my God, what a what a maniac you might be! <laughs> Lock you I've, up. I've got no time for the sort of false humility. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, we just we 
We're the best. We are. It's 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 very very clear. I don't understand why why it's just not universally accepted. I had a dream that we uh, we did a show with Dave. Big Dave came on the show, and we were talking about Okada, and he like broke some like crazy news. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember us being like, "That can't possibly be true." It was it was like, yes, he took a job and he is now in construction. <laughs> Right, and we're like, what? Yep, he is. He's in. The, he's in the labor trades. You know, it's, and it's Dave. You know, talking like Dave does in his fucking rambly, fast, you know, shuffling paper mode. Yeah, I had a dream that, and he would that oh, kind of went into uh, construction, building houses, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, there you oh, go. I found the text, like, the the thing you're talking about. Honestly, a pretty good podcast that is also unlistenable. I oh. think that might be the fairest and most accurate and best review we've ever gotten to be honest no no look on youtube look on the re- the last show um on youtube because that's because that's where i saw it because i was farting around on youtube and it came up as a suggestion i can always because i do listen a lot to our show <laughs> because i'm funny and you are too um on youtube and that's where the comment was so the last show uh, if you want to find it, it's the emergent. Oh, oh, five comments. Wow, it's kicking off here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good, right? <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, this is you got good. it. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, you know, look, we try, we try to say goodbye, but we choke. You know who that is? Um. Yeah, Macy Gray. That is correct. Good job by you. Joel with the fucking walk-off home run right there. Woo! Arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's brilliance. Yeah. I love I love her voice. People say they don't like her voice. You know, those are probably the same people that say I have laugh apnea. <laughs> Who say that? Yeah, it's, it's, she, she's got like a nice sort of croaky, husky voice. Yeah, like raspy and yeah, it's unique. I love a unique voice. Like, I'm not a big fan of, I have the pipes and I will hit every note on my way up and down. But I hate that. I like, I like a unique voice. Thus, uh, I don't know. I, I just prefer unique voices. Thus, like Suede and Morrissey and even Liam and those boys. Uh but I like, I like a unique, and she's got one. She's got a very and, and good voice. And dare I say, there is something incredibly sexy about her. And I don't know if it's just she's just batshit nuts that I like. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what it is, but there is something sexy about her, and I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> there you go. I, I guess Manly just walked. I've through. not thought about Macy Gray for about twenty years. Well. I'm here for you. I'm here for Wait, you. Wait, no, no, longer than that. When was that song? 1999. Yeah. 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 That's good. I like that one. I, what, what other one did she do that I really like? Oh, I forget. It'll come it says, to me. I try. Beauty of the World. Sweet Baby. Sweet Still, Baby. Yeah. I like Sweet Baby. Sweet, sweet, baby. <laughs> Love her. So good. Can you get Macy Gray on the show. Can we get Macy Gray on the show? We'll get Dave and Macy Gray on the show. <laughs> Round table. <laughs> that nobody asked for. That'd be awesome. That that'd be fucking awesome. Well, listen. 15 minutes in. And uh we still haven't talked about 
the meat and the potatoes. You want to get into the meat and potatoes? Yeah. Well, All right. let's, let's go back to, to the big man, Okada. Uh, yeah. I have Eight. two... What? <laughs> God, that's oh. awful. I, I have... Uh, I'm sorry. One extended thought and one sort of addendum on okay. the Okada situation. When I say extended thought, this is going to be a long one, so everybody just sit down because, uh, yeah, strap, strap in. So we've been speaking to people, as we always do, from from many different perspectives. And, and let me preface this with a few caveats. Firstly, it is not uncommon for people to privately badmouth outgoing talent to us. Like, you know how it is. Like, well, as soon as they're gone, actually, they were a bit of a twat. <laughs> so keep, keep that in mind. Second caveat is that there's a very strong possibility, if not probability, that stuff gets uh, strategically leaked to us, knowing that we're going to run with it possibly influence the fan discourse within within our you know tiny bubble of the fandom at least so you know perhaps that's me overestimating the the tiny slice of clout we have but i have to consider that as a possibility because it's, it's happened before usually a lot more clumsily and obviously but it's happened all the same so take what i'm about to say with those two heavy pinches of salt in mind uh, so hear me out and if you dear listener think i'm either completely nuts or or a deluded New Japan shield or or a big work then fair enough like, I'm not going to fight you on it I just I'm going to weave this fine tapestry and, and hang it up and people can react to it however they feel great so Love um, it. yes we we were told something about Okada that was was quite shocking quite surprising and I took that to another source who, who more or less said that it tracks with their understanding of things they, they were slightly more generous but the core facet of the story remains so we were told two things about Okada. One, that he repeatedly told the office that he was staying. Now, that's on the office to, to a large extent, because at the end of the day, if he's not put pen to paper, then you've got to prepare for the worst. So file that one away. The second and more, I think, explosive element was that Okada, and I quote, refuses to work with young talent. Right? So if you take that at face value, and I'm not saying that you should, Right, but let's explore that possibility because I did, and I found that it explains an awful lot of things that we were really scratching our heads over last year. So questions like, well, most obviously, what happened to the Okada versus the, the, the youth program? Why was there no payoff to the Kaito feud? Why wasn't he in the, the G1A block, which would have made much more sense than Sanada, which would have set out months and years of future feuds? Why is he fucking around with the six-man titles? Why hasn't he been used to put over the younger guys? Why is he only having singles matches against uh, established names like Danielson and Osprey and Tanahashi? Why is there no sign of uh, a pass on the torch moment as he leaves the company? So I put it to you that 36-year-old Kazuchika Okada saw the writing on the wall, as you would say, realised that he'd peaked in terms of G1 wins and world title wins and Wrestle Kingdom main event wins and understood that his future value to the company was established in the next generation and thought, <laughs> to a large extent, fuck that noise. Yep. So is it is it a stretch to imagine Okada being at that Muto retirement show at, at the Tokyo Dome back in February and seeing all that hullabaloo, all that money lining Muto-san's pockets and thinking, you know what? Maybe, maybe he's not wrong. I've got a wife and a kid. My body hurts every day. I'm not getting any younger. I don't fancy breaking my back for crap money to set up a bunch of guys who, who are going to take my spot. Some who don't even work for this company. So maybe he looked at Muta-san and thought, 
this is a guy who's who's taking care of himself and protected his image and been very selective about who he works with and, and who he puts over. He's got financial security in buckets. Maybe this is the smartest guy in the room. So that's a bit of conjecture from me. You know, I'm, I'm give me a bit of creative freedom here. So I I look back to those Kaito Kiyomi interactions because I think they're really important. They they may well have been the turning point here. And I'm sure like the broad strokes of that infamous tag match brawl, the kick, the kick to the face, were were planned by and large. But I do now retrospectively wonder about that kick to the face and everything that followed, knowing what we know. So is it a kick that might be right up there with uh, Akira Maeda in terms of kicks <laughs> that changed the course of pro wrestling? The spark that lit this fuse? Probably not. It's a fun thought, if you'll forgive me, uh, that exploring that possibility. So then he's told he's, he's working a singles match with Kaito at the Dome. And like I said, all this for a kid who, who doesn't even work for New Japan. So like, do we think that Ghetto and the No Office are telling him to go out there, okay, you're going to have a 15-minute extended squash match with no future payoff? Right. Is it a stretch to imagine a scenario where Okada's saying, okay, fine, I'll wrestle this kid who's just booting me in the face, but Get for 50 minutes, I'm barely, barely going to sell for him. I'm completely punking him out. So, you know, maybe Okada didn't much care for Obari's vision of, of cross-promotional collaboration and found himself wondering, you know, rightly or wrongly, why he was going through all of this to elevate another company's talent, which is a fair question. In hindsight, quite possibly a, a very daft, maybe even catastrophic thing to ask Okada to do. And, and it certainly explained why he reportedly hated Obari so much. So we move on. His next singles match is putting over Sleepy Sonata for the world title. His next singles match, he's been lying down for Brian Danielson at Forbidden Door. So, okay, is it outrageous to think at that point, he's like, oh, fuck this, and taking matters into his own hands, telling the office, look, my contract is up next January. I don't like this shit. We're going to do things my way or I walk. And that brings us nicely onto the G1 where we have that A block with Kaito and Suji and Shota Umino, Ren and Gabe and Hikolo. That would have made way more sense with Okada in there instead of Sonata. And, and in fact, most people actually predicted that block with Okada in it before it was even announced. Right. I have heard whispers from multiple sources that they pitched that block to Okada, a block that presumably would have led to multiple star-making feuds for years to come. And he said... That doesn't work for me, bro. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. uh, post-G1 for the rest of 2023, uh, no more singles matches for Okada. He's put on ice for the rest of the year with a six-man belt. So, and do know who's getting the run from that. Who are his teammates for this great six-man run? And it has been a great run. Uh, young up-and-comers, Tanahashi and Ichii. Mm-hmm. You know, might have been nice to bring one of the kids on that ride instead of a team with a combined age of uh, 131. But but there you go. So my question is this. Has because it's got a card of shown any willingness to help get over any of the new generation. Like, can you point to a single memorable example where he's selflessly worked to make Shota or Ren or Yuya or Suji look good? Because, like, they've stepped to him, sure, but has he given them anything? Like, he's barely even wrestled anything aside from a few tag matches. And there's a nice little quote from his Tokyo Sport interview yesterday, which, you know, there are various different translations out there, but he says... Uh, I can tell you one thing about the future of New Japan. It's not a chance, it's a crisis. The next generation can't just think, oh, this is our chance. They have to step up and save the company, which makes you think, right? And, and mm-hmm. Yuya, I think, is a particularly interesting person to look at. Um, right, Yota Suji, his excursion send-off match is a singles match with Naito. And usually that stuff with New Japan, very, very intentional, very carefully crafted. So as soon as Suji returns, he's immediately recoupled with Naito. He's put into LIJ, presumably to set up some rich long-term storytelling there. Yuya Uemura got his send-off singles match with Okada. And I spent plenty of time on this podcast speculating on the significance of that. 
Since he's returned, there have been two interactions between Okada and Yuya Uemura, an eight-man tag and a six-man untelevised tag. And Okada's been on the winning side in both. Now, I admit, right, this part of it, I'm going full tinfoil hat, but All right. just the win of the, the Yuya Just Five guys landing and, and the lack of uh, one of these young guys being in chaos does make me ask big questions about that because I don't think that was the original plan. And I think I know why. And I don't think it's because of you. Yes. Uh, I, I don't think the original plans from the, the booking committee were to have Okada completely avoid these guys with his contract running down and the very real possibility of him leaving. So we, we look at this final singles run that Okada's having now with Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom, Osprey at Battle of the Valley, Tanahashi in Osaka. And I think that tells you a lot, right? I am betting that Okada had plenty of say in that, if not outright dictating it. And who are the last guys that Okada's put over? Danielson, uh, Forbidden Door, Osprey in the G1, and Naito in the G1 final. And I would be very surprised if he's laid down for anyone else in these final few matches. And like the Tanahashi match, that, that makes narrative sense considering their history and you know the Rainmaker shot roughly the same time of the year. But don't let that distract you on something I, I talked about last time we recorded. The real story here, what is that match replacing? And it's the never six-man title match where Kosei Fujita probably getting his big moment which has quietly been bumped to Korakun Hall. Do we think that's a coincidence? Do we, do we think the office wanted that? Bearing in mind, the Osaka show sold out ages ago. And what this Okada-Tanahashi match is like the fifth match on the cards and probably going to lead into some big angle. Uh, I think Andrew on our Discord said, you know, there'll probably be like a house of torture beatdown and that will be one of the final matches. Or maybe, if reports are to be believed, and again, this is something that, has been told to us, Okada didn't want to give Fujita his moment in Osaka. Uh, and look, don't hold your breath for Okada to be eating the losing fall in that six-man either. So we've we got two matches as yet unannounced for Sapporo. And if one of those matches is like Okada staring at the lights for, I don't know, Shota Umino, then I'll take that as everything I've just said being pure fantasy or a change of heart at least. But my money is on that final match being a big... Emotional loving with all his chaos buddies. Uh, make no mistake, you know Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii against I don't know Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yamu. Right, that's that, that's my shot. That's what I'm calling now. Wouldn't even shock me if that ends up actually being the next guys to get the, the never six man titles if he can politics well out of losing to uh, Fujita in his TMDK team. So um, last thing here as well, notice no big press conference about his departure, as you might expect for a, a departure of this significance. Now. Again, as we have been told, it was discussed. It was discussed, but apparently Mr. Chairman said, fuck that, he's <laughs> leaving. Fuck him. Yeah. So, again, make no mistake. They, if the company, I feel, are, are holding their noses and playing nice until he's gone. But there's some very real resentment here. And, again, this is not me absolving the office entirely of blame. There's plenty of fuck-ups on their part. If they really wanted to push these kids, there were lots of other, other guys on the roster who would have happily done it. So, we're not giving them a pass like, well, Okada won't do it, so I guess we can't push them. Right. So they they, they don't get a freebie on, on failing to elevate any of those guys to the required level. That is still malpractice. The, the blame lies very much at the door for that. But you know, if we're talking purely about Okada, I cannot accept that the plan for the booking committee for post-G1 Okada was to fuck around with the number six-man titles and avoid the young guns like the fucking plague. Yeah. Right, with these big stars, it's always a negotiation, isn't it? Like, do we think Tony Khan is ordering his top stars around and telling them exactly who they're wrestling and, and who they're jobbing to? Because there's plenty of evidence suggesting that is not the case. So, 
you know, if you're wondering why the office would indulge him in all of this, his contract was up. He had all the leverage. Yep. Uh, and I'm not sure what else they could have done without making it into a massive public scandal. And you know, I'd normally be more than happy to hold their feet to the fire because you know, like I said, Lord knows they've they've screwed up in plenty of other ways in, in recent years with no rhyme or reason. I don't think this is one of them, right? Like I said, the only option is hold your nose, put on a brave face, pretend it's all good, smile and wave until he's gone. Because Okadi's got a lot of fans, and presumably you want them to keep watching the product and buy tickets after he's gone. So that's that's my piece, Damon. Like, and, and listeners, don't take my word for it. There's a fairly good chance that someone in the company's playing me like an absolute fiddle, knowing that if they fed me these little scraps, that I would spit this uh, elaborate narrative and, and attempt to poison the fan opinion against Okada. And if that is the case, then quite frankly, I'm flattered and happy, <laughs> happy to go ahead with it and you know quite frankly i've done such a great job of making some of those really bizarre shit in, in 2023 make sense retrospectively but my painting okada is this pad to my villain now, i'm in too deep now and you know to some extent i'm having a bit of fun here with the nuggets we've been given and, and i'm not even necessarily criticizing okada I mean, maybe a bit but at the end of the day you got to look out for yourself and your family i respect that however if you do believe some of what i've just said maybe okada leaving isn't the worst thing in the world yeah. Uh, look, um, so I'll give my take here. The the conversations that Joel discussed, um, I was in most of them. Um, there were some side ones that I was in with other people, um, and we would share back and forth with different conversations. Um, look, we were told, and I, more than once, that the company was, as as was described, they were blindsided by this. Um, to the tune of he would he was talking out both sides of his mouth, one side to the company. Yep, I'm sticking around. I'm staying. Others to maybe friends, people he works with. That my ass is gone, right? So we get both sides of this. Now, the the one thing that has me leaning toward, more toward than I ever have of, yeah, the company was blindsided, is this. The, the idea that Okada gives notice, I don't know, maybe his mind was already made up before Wrestle Kingdom, right? Let's just say, let's just call it bef- before Wrestle Kingdom. His mind is made up. He's not going to go to the office and say, I'm leaving, right? Why would he? Because he's still under contract until, what, mid-February? I mean, and that means he's going to do or be asked to do and somewhat forced to do what we have described and what he does not have any fucking (laughs) <laughs> want to do it's just that that's the consistent narrative is that for all of our hour bitching and moaning about rocket ship the youth put get now let's get let's get going here what happened to grumpy okada and beating up the kids and we know let me take that back we have been told numerous times that that is the case okay so let's just take that and say if he gave any type of inclination to the to the company that he was leaving, 
um, he's going to be asked to do that because that would be the smart, logical thing to do. And when we would sit here and say, I can't believe they haven't done they have. They absolutely have. It's just that their hands were somewhat tied with this one particular person, right? Who happens to be not only the most important wrestler in that promotion, but arguably all of current Japanese pro wrestling. All right? So, now, he gives in the official paper. His mind's already made up, but he gives the official paper paper to the office on that Thursday. Um, and they scramble, right? They're like, okay, well, what the fuck do we do now? In the sense of, we got these cards, they're booked, right? We got to change them up. And it becomes, okay, you know, the, the Okada celebration tour where, quite obviously, he's not putting over anyone. Now, I did a little history check. And I did a little, little, little homework, Joel, in preparation for this fine broadcast. Went back and looked at comparables. And in my mind, a comparable would be a person like Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Uh, a person like mm, maybe even Kenny Omega, uh, maybe even AJ Styles. Me, and, and, and they're not, right? And they're, they're, I, to me, all of those people that I named are even a notch below. So I would have to go to like, you know, Ricky Choshu, <laughs> maybe, um, in the level of importance to that era's pro wrestling. Nobody's putting anybody over. The idea and the and and the want that and the logic that we have talked about for months. The reality is, nobody does it. Nobody does it. And in fact, well, well one person does it. We'll Jay White. Him later. Jay White did it. That's not who I was thinking of. That's not who I'm thinking of. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that was really the one that I could come up with, like modern times new japan pro wrestling and then if you want to go back into the 90s if you want to go back into the 80s like it just is a rarity it's more rare than anything else and then if you want to incorporate other promotions and the like like sure you can come up with guys like cena or i don't know but i'm talking about a big time massive important star putting over well let's call it a, a young gun it just doesn't happen as often as we want to believe it does. Like, you okay, know, can I jump in with my example can, yes. and, and celebrate this man? Yes, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who made, arguably made Okada who he is by being selfless and and going with that long term view to the Rainmaker Shock and all that. Where you know, were, were the roles to be reversed, would Okada have done the same? I don't know if he would. So maybe again, let's just take a moment to throw some flowers at Tanahashi, He's a guy who. In his prime, went out of his way to make this guy who just returned from excursion look like a star. I, and I agree with that. And that, and I would say this too that I to me, um, I was going to say that th they're comparable, but it, they weren't comparable at that time. So correct. But I think where the the company was in and desperately in need of that big time. We can't rely on foreign talent to be the superstar. 
like to be able to plug in two guys that are pure New Japan, um, you know, I think Hiroshi Tanahashi saw the money in that and saw the value in that. Where, you know, what what Okada sees is the money and the value somewhere else. Right. Um, but no, I think I think that's a fair fair person to put in that list. Um but Kenny didn't do any of this. And again, I don't think it's a fair comparable thing. AJ didn't do any of this. I feel like it's a fair comparable thing or, or not really a fair comparable thing, but okay. He was world champion. So it was Kenny uh, Shinsuke. Pfft, nope. And again, go on cage match, you know, set the date of, okay, this is when they started with WWE. Okay. Here's where they started, whatever. And just go backwards, go backwards. I mean, fucking the intercontinental title was put on hold for a good month, maybe even a little bit longer, with Nakamura left as Intercontinental Champion. Remember that? Like, he could have lied down to anybody to give him the, that, that rub. He didn't do shit. He got, he got carted off on Okada's shoulders, leaving Corrigan. So, you know, it's not the territory days. Where, you know, the guy that was in Memphis is now going to fucking Ganya and he's going to job on the way out. Like it's just, it's just, it's not there. I mean, the proof's not there. Um, so, so in a way, you know, Okada's smart. Not in a way, he is smart. He, he's protecting his own assets. He's protecting his own. He's making sure that, you know, his name is not besmirched or, dinged up or anything to the new Japan fan. Um, and he's going to go. And right now I, I have to imagine that there is a legitimate bidding war going on, right? Because to, as we sit here today, we still don't know. And there are arguments to make for both sides of him going to one of the, these two promotions, AEW or WWE. And that's, I mean, that, I mean, when you have that situation, the, the the you just you just keep adding zeros to the check. It's um, you know, he played it smart. He, he he played it smart. Now, I know in pro wrestling, nothing is forever, right? Um, we've seen this countless times with CM Punk, uh, Ultimate Warrior, Bruno San Martino. Uh, Billy Graham, and again, I'm giving you all WWE because they're wrong. But even in, in Japan, Ricky Choshu is an example. Um, I wonder how this impacts his relationship with the office when his time is done making his money, right? Do you see him back in the New Japan, not necessarily in ring, but in some capacity with New Japan when this is all said and done. Uh, like, as I sit here right now, Joel, I have doubts only because the wounds are so fresh and people do feel fucked over. Don't get me wrong. There is a feeling of that motherfucker. There is that feeling. Um, have you have you seen the photos of recently come out of him and Tanahashi and Shibata all having a lovely dinner together? Wonderful. I'm sure they're all talking about business. Right? <laughs> I'm sure of it. I mean, that's great. Look, <clears throat> there's no one. <coughs> Sorry, I kind of breathed in and 
a wrong pipe. Um, I hate throwing around the word deserves and, and, and entitled to do something. But if anybody's going to pull something like this, I mean, he does have the, the, the clout to do that. Um, and dare I say he deserved the right to, to do this. He can kind of dictate what he wants. It's not what I wanted. I, I don't think it's for the benefit of New Japan at all. But he's like one guy that can that can do that, and he, and, he, and he played those cards. I just wonder what that means after this, after he's got his money, after he comes home. What does that look like? Does that, does that fence get mended? And people ask, well, Tanahashi, was that done because of you know, to kind of influence Okada to stay. I'll give you a definitely maybe, but here's the thing. Um, it's Again, it's not like Tanahashi sitting in a fucking office with a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and pie charts, you know, trying to balance the books. He, again, eventually he'll get to that part maybe, but to sit there and say that he's like, the president, okay, and, and yes, he is, and every day he takes on more responsibility of that president role, but let's put it this way, it didn't work, right? <laughs> it didn't work. It, that, that didn't work. That wasn't enough. So here we are. We have uh, the feeling that Okada may have been somewhat diva-ish, dare I say, when it comes to working with younger guys and younger talent and helping establish them as stars Two, he did something that quite honestly has been done throughout the history of Japanese pro wrestling. He wouldn't be the first person to not put people over on the way out. And three, we, we as a new Japan, we um, know that they are, with losing two big stars very close to each other. Um, and they're going to do everything in their power to try, at least you would think, to go and make new stars without them. Because that's the only option they got. Imagine if this is all like a massive work. And like we get an angle with Fuji's a pissing a card off so badly that he says, all right, that's it, I'm staying. Stay to do with these <laughs> punk kids and launches into the, the hottest fuse of the decade. Uh, I'll tell you what, I was, I was talking to um, Fraser on the Discord, Discord Fraser, who pointed out how funny it's going to be when AEW fans think that they're uh, free from the tyranny of CM Punk and they, you know, they've got their lovely harmonious locker room only to have Kazuchika Hogan <laughs> rumbling in, presumably riling up the bucks for more locker room brawls, <laughs> drop kicking Tony Khan's office door off its hinges when Tony asks him to work with someone below the age of 30. So <laughs> got that to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure he's going to be, he's going to be happier than a pig and shit, you know, wherever he lands. He'll play nice. He'll play nice. Oh, no doubt. And here's the thing too. And, and I don't know the answer to this, but it feels like, and it seems like, like he's been around more American wrestlers and more American shows and, and more, you know, like, like he, of anybody, like he kind of knows the lay of the land. And the, th and the thing about it is too, is that he knows his value too, right? He knows his value. So and that's, that might even be more ominous, right? When you know, 
your value and you know what you got and what you could get, that's a scary person to be, right? You got a little power. You got a little stroke on your way. Um, all right. So that's that's what we know. That's where we go. I'll tell you what. I did joke about this in the Discord, and I was joking. So please don't fucking go bananas here. Don't get don't give me a banana sandwich. Um, you know, one of those fucking six mans. All you, all you got to do is put them in a fucking, you know, get let, let them put you in a scorpion deathlock, and then somebody just comes behind. Wham! Fuck! Ain't a fucking eye. And then, wow, you might be, you might become a star yourself. Who knows? So uh, I'm telling you, keep keep an eye on Fujita. He's, he's the one to watch here. Let me. All right. Or maybe Mad Mikey. Mad Mikey's gonna fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Drop him on his head. He's like, I got what? Maybe three years left in this fucking business. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cashing in. I'm gonna be the new Bob Sap. Um, but you know, stranger things in pro wrestling have occurred, right? I mean, and and for what apparently might feel like less. You know, if you've got a little chip on your shoulder and you're like, oh, you don't want to fucking put me over, huh? Oh, you don't want to work with me, huh? Oh, you think I'm a... Okay. Okay. Sounds good. And then, bam. Mm. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm not going to say whatever, but (sighs) stranger things have fucking happened. Let's put it that way. And if I'm him, I don't know. there There might be times where I'm lying up in bed looking at the ceiling thinking, hmm. What if I did this? What if he doesn't lie on his back, Damon? He's he's scared of someone coming in and sneaking a quick pin. <laughs> he goes to sleep in his front. I remember those little videos. It really is uh, liger, liger. He was a practical joker. All right. Um, so, anything else on uh, good old KO and what we know? Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to read a tweet from a Japanese fan. So this is uh, at Ming Four Chang, and again, I'm not saying that this fan is a representative of the entire Japanese fan base writ large. So, you know, it's not a monolith. I was going to read it all the same because it was quite thought-provoking. So, uh, Ming 4 Chang says, NJPW and its fans do not wish to bind talented individuals with low wages due to a weakened yen in a country where the GDP is falling below fourth place. This sentiment is rooted in the national character as Japanese people love success stories and aspire to heroes like Shohei Otani. While talent outflow is detrimental for corporations, New Japan is confident that nurturing the next talent while generating profits as a business rather than sustaining losses by paying salaries that do not match the revenue earned from promotions, as seen with figures like Tony Khan, is the correct path. Bushiro played a crucial role in branding someone like Okada as the Rainmaker and elevating him to stardom. The entertainment preferences of the Japanese differ. When heroes go abroad, they often become entities that fans are satisfied with merely reading about on news sites or occasionally watching free clips. Fans consistently pay to watch matches between familiar local heroes in Japan. This trend is evident in the Japanese market, where the audience for J-League and NPB continues to grow, while the viewership for European football leagues and MLB in Japan remains stagnant. Despite the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic under Bushiro's leadership, NJPW has steadily increased its revenue. This success can be attributed to Obari's efforts in recovering lost customers due to COVID-19 and securing various sponsorship deals with different companies. 
Additionally, leaders like Kidani and Tanahashi are planning to increase audience members by organising spot events overseas to boost revenue while emphasising the importance of increasing travellers to Japan. They also mentioned in a Japanese magazine interview that in the near future, they plan to construct and own a dedicated arena, Inoki Arena, larger than Tokyo's Korokan Hall. So um, I thought that sort of put in a nutshell the kind of sort of stoic attitude of like, this is all part of the process. You know, people... the, the you build up a superstar, they become a hero, then they go and the fans are sort of content to hear about their exploits from afar, but they're going to keep turning up and enjoying the, the home promotion in spite of the superstar having left. I hate it when you bring intelligent discourse to this show. Uh, <laughs> let's say. Make me feel like a dope. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's... I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. And that's and that's the reality, it feels like. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So, yeah, like New Japan just didn't see the value in offering Okada. Like, maybe they couldn't, but they, they just obviously didn't see the value there. We're, I don't know, maybe happy to let them walk away. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it all, but that's just that, that's an alternative perspective because Multiverse says, what's the best way for New Japan and other Japanese promotions to combat the drop of the yen making American companies even more lucrative? And I don't I don't think they can. Like, they just can. They cannot compete with that. So yeah. maximize the utility while they're there. Always make sure you're training the next generation of talent. And that's it, really. You know, I, I, this might be unrealistic but i think that there needs to be once again a a a different system and a different method of them holding on to talent and it's almost like rookie contracts and it's um you know where you get a certain deal for a certain amount of years when you first start and then you negotiate your second deal um it's the unfortunately it is the third and the fourth deal but maybe I don't know. Maybe it's uh, when they reach a certain age, then then they can go. Or I don't know. That does kind of defeat the purpose of the, the independent contractor mindset that pro wrestling has. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to it. I don't know. I don't know what what that looks like. That idea of being able to cover our asses when you know there is that the idea of money to be made elsewhere. Um, I, I, look, it's, 
to me, it's worrisome um, if you're a fan of Japanese pro wrestling, if you're a fan of New Japan pro wrestling, and even if you're a fan of of a promotion like Noah or All Japan or whomever, right? Because you always have that in the back of your mind of, okay, if, if this particular person takes off, and gets super red hot. You know, it's kind of like we don't, we want you to be great, but we don't want you to be too fucking noisy about it. Can you keep it down? You know, it's kind of like, you know, I hate to say it, but it is that little gatekeepery mentality of here's, this is my favorite band, you know, and uh, now all of a sudden they got to let themselves a little bit of a minor hit and all these people that you really can't fucking stand <laughs> are now listening to the, your favorite band that you fucking wallowed in the mud with. Um, there is that. There is that feeling. Um, and I think o- o- Okada himself outgrew that, right? Don't get me wrong. Like he was beyond that as we, but there, trust me, there is that thought of, hell, there's, there's that thought of people who are just diehard, you know, grimy indie, indie Japanese pro wrestling that don't want a fucking thing. To, you know, they'll sit there and watch hours of, of Big Japan. And completely hand wave anything going on in New Japan. Why? Because Big Japan is theirs. You know and I mean, it's it's they found their hole. They found their 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 they, you know they fit right in. That's what they like. That's what they enjoy. And some of that might be because it is a little bit different and it is a little bit off the beaten path. But if for some reason Big Japan Pro Wrestling got you know just massively red hot and uh, it turned into this promotion where everybody felt like they 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 needed to watch, and then all of a sudden, two fucking white guys decided to do a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, if if you're sitting there as a fan of Big Japan, I don't know, you'd be like, "What the fuck? What's happening? This is the, this is my thing." Um, I Joe, I don't know the answer, but yeah, it's it's concerning, right? It's concerning. Few questions about what happens to chaos. So William says, "What is Okada leaving to do to chaos? The chaos leadership, other than a lot of people going, oh, Okada was in chaos.' And Yoshihashi explaining what chaos is to Okada. Bash says, "Random thought. Okada dips, so there's no more chaos, right? Doesn't seem anyone taking it over. It's been dead for a while. Just a nail in the coffin." Uh, Rest of that says, "Here we are with Okada out now. Could it be finally time to not disband chaos, but to make it stronger as the new cool heel faction emerges, led by none other than motherfucking Tomohiro Ishii? This heel run of his life leads him to a cup of coffee with a big boy belt. Um, I, I would pass on that last one. I, I think." <laughs> Doing that would reek of uh, desperation. I think the idea, the, the the plan should be the young guys, not the guys who are pushing fifty. So, um, for, I think Kels should disband. I mean, if we're looking for someone to take that mantle, maybe Oiwa. I mean, he's been kept out of all this. Um, I, I still think, you know, my conspiracy theory is that that spot was primed for Yuya, and it, you know, didn't work out for the reasons that I've explained. But yeah, I'd say Ty's probably right to get rid of it. I'm okay with that if that doesn't that means we don't now split her into into three more factions, right? Out of the one. Like that's the last thing. Chaos black and gold. Right. Right. I don't I don't want to to have three more to, to rise from the ashes from one. Um look, truth be told, did, did anybody really think chaos was a thing anymore? Aside from Rocky Romero. Right? It's just it's uh I don't know. I, I mean, 
it didn't feel like hasn't felt like a thing in a long time. Uh, that being said, is it dead with Okada gone? I mean, here's the thing: it is an opportunity, and it is a a, a nice built-in way to get you know get some juice behind some people, and get some get some energy behind them. Uh, it it could be a a nice little resurrection spot for somebody. Um, I say keep it. I say keep it because my fear is by breaking it up, you just you now you're just making more. Nobody wants more of anything. Um, but let's 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 use it as a, as a vehicle and a tool to help someone rise up. And, and I think there's plenty of names that can fall into that. Okay, Jay says on a scale of one to ten, how much is the elite slash AW to blame for this current downfall? Um, we'll find you, out soon. You cannot deny that um, AW has just gobbled up New Japan's uh, Western market share, and that pipeline of all the top indie talent that WWE hadn't signed yet. You know that's. That's affected them, sure. And now it's accelerating that process we've talked about before about Western person starting to catch fire, get themselves over, a brush with uh, stardom, and then not not the promotion stardom, but the, mm-hmm. the concept stardom. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure I'd use the, the phrase to blame, but it is a major factor in things being the way they are. But the yeah, I mean, you, look, you really didn't have to worry about Vince, right? Vince had no idea what new Japan was, let alone he had no idea what Japan was, let alone new Japan. Um, you know, I was never really worried about Vince when Vince left, uh, or was asked to leave or whatever you want to believe. Um, yeah, of course, you know, you, you hear about uncle Paul and how, you know, he's a little bit more open and a little bit more willing to explore the different paths of pro wrestling to find new talent and new stars. We all know Tony Khan's a huge fucking fan of pro of, of pro wrestling in, in, in all of its forms from Watts's bill, Watts's bill, Watts, Watts's uh, mid South UWF, you know, you know he's a massive fan of that. Memphis as well. ECW Arena, he was there. Uh, you know, and of course, you, you know his love of 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 Japanese pro wrestling. He's a billionaire. He he owns and his family owns and he works for and he's you know in a in a, a very important um department in in that organization. You know, he you, 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 there's only a handful of people that own NFL teams. And if you own an NFL team, let me be very clear. You think this wrestling money that they're throwing around with TV rights is something? You ain't seen nothing. You ain't seen nothing when it comes to TV rights for the NFL. It's silly, silly money. You're a pro wrestling fan, and, and dad says, okay, go... Go do what you want. You got your you got your Premier League team. You know you got this. You like the wrestling? Go for it, kid. <laughs> Here you go. I would do the same fucking thing. I hate to say it. 
I would. I, this is this, he would be following every. Well, you know, I wouldn't be signing half the people that he would sign because I'm not a fan of theirs. But the fa- people, the, the wrestlers that I was, are you kidding me? I'd be fucking knocking on their front door with a bouquet in one hand and a fucking eight ball in another. <laughs> Whatever it took. I don't care. I'm signing them. Right, I'll write the check. Daddy's money. Let's go. So I, I can't. I, as much as I want to blame him, I can't blame him. I do the same fucking thing if I if I were in his shoes. And let me tell you, there are a lot of people that are listening to this. You fantasy book. You got your little things. You got your 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 fire pro wrestling, and you got your all of it. What your 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 what was that TEW and you name it. You do the same fucking thing. If given the opportunity, you do the same fucking thing. And that's not a fault because I would do it too. I'd be oh my god. I got a boner just thinking of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be able to do that? Um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I, and I'll also say this, if, if, if I may. And I've said this before, and I, I, and I trust me, I forget where I heard it. And if you told me it, I, don't, I, I apologize. The hardest thing, the easy thing, is booking and coming up with the ideas and the creativity and all right, this show, this will happen, and then this guy, and then this will happen, and blah, 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 and then six months later, we're here, and this TV show, we'll book this guy against this guy. We'll, that's the easy part. The hard part is getting people to agree to do that, the wrestlers, right? That's the hard part. They, as We're living it right now. New Japan, I, I, I want to give them more credit than maybe I did in the past of having a game plan and an idea and and what's right thing to do for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm going to give them more credit than I have been. Um, but that, with that said, that don't mean shit unless the fucking wrestlers go along with it. Um, and once again, I will say, and, and Joel, you are 1,000% right, this doesn't all have to fall on Okada's shoulders. The problem is, is that there was the possibility of him going and until he puts his name on the dotted line, you ain't got shit. All you got is his word. And as much as we want to talk about honor and the lion mark and the history and all of that, I don't mean shit. It, it, and I will say this. It means more to us than it does to a ton of wrestlers. right? And I'm not saying that, that that's necessarily Okada, but not for nothing. Here we are. Right, especially when the, the value of your paycheck is going down the toilet yep. because of the, the yen yeah. collapsing. So, um, again, you know, I was having a bit of fun at the start of the podcast with um, you know, the information we're given, but I don't, I, I don't blame Okada. I'd have probably done the same thing. So, you know, especially when you've got kids, you, you got to put your family first. So, there we go. Life goes on. Um, Daryl says, to me, this isn't all hands on deck time for the company. They need new talent and need to get them over. Having said that, and with New Japan of America basically being a dead promotion, what do you think of bringing their talent over regularly for tours? Lawler, Rossa, Tito, of course, maybe even Kratos. These guys have been loyal soldiers for years and they surely deserve the tap on the shoulder in these trying times. And surely there must be some grads <laughs> for the finally Tojo ready for the call. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I would love that idea, but I don't. I don't think New Japan seem to have a huge amount of money to be splashing around right now. So I wouldn't hold your breath for that, even though I do think it's a good idea. 
I do too, but and and once again, I would agree with you. Like if they f- if they thought they had a diamond in the rough or or a potential superstar, don't you think they would have bit already? Like they just don't see it. Or at the very least, they don't see it enough to even bring the fucking guys over. You know, World Tag League, okay. I mean, the, the yeah, they can barely see it enough with the guys that they do have over there right. working for them week in week out enough to give them offers that they're satisfied with. Right, and I hate to be Mister Fucking, you know, doom and gloom on that, but I mean, that's I'm just going by what we've seen. Like, if they thought they had something in any of the names that you mentioned and any others that you know would fall into that same category, I, I think they would have bitten. And I and I think we wouldn't be having a conversation like this, but I mean they they apparently don't at least not yet. But I don't know what they would need to be convinced of it, it um, and be sold on that idea if they haven't already. Morning Progress says, "What's the best way to balance the looming panic calls of needing to accelerate the main event building of their young talent with the need to give Naito a proper run in his final time with the?" title to not anger the hardest of hardcore fans they currently have. Uh, Mr. Flanagan says, outside of show to Umino, who is most likely to win the G1 at main event Wrestle Kingdom 19. Azurario says, gun to your head, pick the next possible two guys to win the G1 at main event Wrestle Kingdom 19. That would lead us into this new era of NJPW. So I've lumped all those in together because I just wanted your thoughts on how you personally would book the, the world title scene over the next 12 months. So we've got Naito with the title at the moment. Okay. Honestly, as a Naito fan, for me, the, the fun is in the chase and seeing him get that moment. I, I would like to, him to have a substantial run with it, but I'm not going to be putting my foot through the TV if he were to lose it soon. And, and you know, I don't know how long it's going to be. And I, I think a lot of Naito fans would probably feel the same about that. But um, yeah, uh, how would you map it out? How long's Naito hold of that title for? Who's your G1 winner? What's your Wrestle Kingdom program? I think right now, as much as we want rocket ships on on guys, I think there is a, a definite need for stabilization, and Naito does provide that. Um, and as much as we want to talk about how banged up he is and how this is probably his last run and um, all of that, he still is probably in, in 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 more of a way than even Hiroshi Tanahashi because Naito can still go when tapped on the shoulder. Um, and by the way, that's trademarked. Anybody wants to do the tap on the shoulder thing, that's mine, all right? Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I heard that on a broadcast, maybe. Um, the I, I, It's stability, and I think... I think he holds on to it at least going into G1. And and you know what? I would have zero problem, Joel, if if you told me right now he's your champion um, until Wrestle Kingdom. I would have zero problem with that. Now, in that time frame, are we also giving guys big wins? Maybe New Japan Cups? Every year, we sit here with New Japan Cups and G1s, and we're like, well, this is the year for this guy, and this is the year for this guy. And, you know, I don't want to be the wet blanket, but it's never that year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's never that. Um, so I, I think 
while you can, this is a different time. And dare I say, I would, I would love the, um, the new way of thinking a little bit, maybe rushing things a little bit, maybe stepping on the gas a little bit harder for a lot of these guys. Um, Naito is champion for the year is stability and let's build up those other studs that we have. Should we utilize Zack Sabre Jr. more? Absolutely. Like he should be a huge factor in New Japan this year because why? He's a stabilizing force. He's a guy that has that reputation of being a guy. And and there is a level that he a ceiling, so to speak, um, that it would not be a bad idea to have him cross that threshold. Another guy, Taichi. Why not? Let's let's fucking see what else we can do. Um, maybe with that, you know, maybe I don't know, challenging Finley. Who knows? Finley's another guy that needs to to step up, like in a big fucking way. Um, and then we work on the young guys. And getting them really picking up solid, major, like life-changing wins during this year to make them legitimate. So that when the year ends and we're talking about a dome, we have main events, semi-main events, and all of that where guys are being plugged in to those roles and away we go, right? I think that's the course. Yeah, for me, if I'm thinking top three guys, I'd I'd be looking at Wrestle Kingdom main event next year to be two from Naito, Shota, and Suji. Because to me, Shota is pretty much there. Suji, a little bit further behind, but we'll get there. And to me, those two are far and away beyond uh, the other people in their class for the time being. Uh, and I don't think anyone else on the roster has that star power, that star aura that I'm attributing to Naito and, and projecting upon Shota and Suji. So you're completely, um, done, you're completely out on Ren. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be the top guy no. or a guy, maybe not the top guy, but a guy. Because I know he's struggling. Look, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and 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 say, "Yeah, he's you know, you know." Nobody's nobody's doing that. Yeah, uh, it's appropriate. He's in House of Torture. I think he's on a similar trajectory to Evil. Okay. Can I can I throw a name out at you that I was thinking about the other day? Um, what about a guy like Show? I mean, he's going to need a new coat of paint, right? He's got to get the fucking house of torture, you know, stink off of him. But let's just say that. I don't think that's, I don't think no. that's going to happen. No. Okay. Like his little, his little touch of his little cup of coffee up there in that New Japan Cup didn't get you a boner. Mini sugar routine. It was fun. Yeah, I, I like it. I just, I just don't think that they're going to pivot away from. House of Torture as much as some people would like them to. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, Yoda Suji, Ren, no. Yuya, 
Yeah. He could get there. I just think just I there was a sort of haunted look in his eyes for the first few weeks of his re-debut that made me think, what is what's happened here? Okay. And I think there's a story behind that. I don't know what it is. I've speculated on it. I think he could get there, but he he's not at the level of um, Shota and Suji. Can he get there by the end of the year? Uh, not in his current position as the what the the third tier heavyweight in uh, just five guys. Right. Okay, I mean it's fair, it's fair. And Ren, we got that. that that's a long term project, right? Yeah, and I've, I've mentioned before, I, I really hard Fujita, but I think he's probably going to be positioned at first, at least as a junior. And Oiwa, really interesting one that he's been given this sort of non traditional excursion working over at Noah, so. I think he will be a really interesting guy to keep an eye on when he comes back. Okay, but 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 they're well behind the crop that we have right now, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shota's pretty much there for me, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a name I'm going to throw out, and we've been snake bitten by this name before, but it is a name that the company seems to trust, and while he might not be a favorite of ours to say he's not an important cog in the new Japan wheel, I think it would be kind of, uh, just overlooking the obvious. What about Sonata? Uh, All right. I, uh, talk to me. If it were up to me, I'd be done with him as a world title realistic world title option okay the odd challenger sure but in, t- in terms of winning the, the the big belt and main eventing your top level shows not for me to me he dropped the ball massively when they gave it to him last year and um yeah i, I think there's better options out there i do too um but again if we're looking for stability if we're looking for just kind of a you know kind of Keep... I don't think we are, though. I don't want stability. I want, excite- want yeah. excitement and, and risk-taking and something fresh and exciting. Like, we could do stability with, you know, Sonata and Shingo and this guy and that guy who we've, you know, gone around the block with plenty of times. But um, let's be bold here. Let's take some risks. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Trust me, I am. But uh, No G1 win. I'm calling it. Okay. Okay. One of those one of those guys is, is a G1 winner. Okay. That's fine. All I'm saying is this. Do we need, right now, in 2024, do we need to have the heavyweight title be the focal point of these youngsters getting that rocket? Is there a secondary title that would do the trick? Is it the new global title, wherever the fuck that is, um, the never title? Is is there something else that can, that can do all that? Like, can there be just fucking madness? Underneath the world title picture, or do you are you just saying let's just go balls deep and fucking go? No, I, I I'd be up for that. Some sort of sort of stratification of these youngsters, where maybe if Shota is the guy where the trajectory is world title picture, that maybe for the time being, Suji is plugged in just the level below. You know, maybe we have some like extended Finlay versus Suji programs for that global title, right? And then. Maybe the next guy is 
tussling for the never title, whoever that may be. Right. So, um, yeah, All right, then let me ask you this. Uh, how confident are you? Sort of- yeah, how confident are you? And again, we're sitting here fucking fantasy booking like we do all the time. How confident are you that this company is going to do anything that we suggested here? <laughs> Where's the evidence? Right? That's <laughs> not what I said with a whole kind of thing. Putting Okada to one side, they were very, very slow, very conservative to pull their finger out and, and do something. Yep. Because this is you know, the classic New Japan, slow, long-term booking. I think we are close to getting to that point with Shota because he's he's lost enough. As the same with Suji, to be honest, he's eaten a lot of shit in terms of sort of kayfabe losses. Yeah. So I think we must surely be reaching the point where they're like, okay, they've they've done their sort of oh look this this young kid has got all the enthusiasm and energy but not quite put it all together. Like we, I think we're reaching the end of that journey. I hope. I hope so too. But again, like I said, and and you brought up the point, this doesn't all fall on Okada's shoulders, right? Oh, no, absolutely not. You know don't, I mean? don't misunderstand me. I'm not giving the a company a pass for that. Right, right. We have plenty of time to do other things with other people that might be a little bit more interested in doing something like this. But would it have been beautiful if, with Okada going out the door to have that work and that communication between the company and the wrestler to make that work? Absolutely. Again, history might not have been on, on our side with that. Fair enough. Um, and, you know, I just don't know if it, if it would have the same impact. It probably wouldn't, but it would have impact with whomever, right? That could have been Goto, right? That could have been, I don't know, fucking, there's a million names. And, and why beat a dead horse? But, um, yeah. I don't have confidence. That's the. That, I think Osprey that's my, would have done it. Osprey would have done it. They. That. That's like a, right. Will Osprey just put over Josh Alexander in Impact. He's right. almost certainly going to be putting over fucking Michael Oku in Rev Pro. So do you mean to tell me that they couldn't have had Shota or Suji, one of them, beat Will Osprey in one of those matches towards the tail of the twenty twenty three? No. And I think that's not the company. I think they didn't want to do that because they wanted to have Osprey going into this fiddly thing with Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I don't know at what point that became a three-way, but Will Ospreay is a guy who I think would have had absolutely zero problem putting over anyone, anyone on their roster. I think he would have done it and he would have made them look a million bucks. Yeah, I would have, I would have, I would love to think that at least, right? I would love to have that in my head because, because it, it the perception is there. Um, but you know who knows? Maybe maybe he was a problem too. I again, there's been no indicator, and nobody has said a word. It's funny because you know, look, Okada is Okada, mind you, but nobody said a peep about Will Osprey, right? And and issues or problems or uh, challenges or I mean, look, we've had people talk to us and say that he's you know, <laughs> you know, kind of. He's Will Ospreay. Let's put it that way. Right? 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 He's just, you know, okay. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, but you, that's one thing we haven't heard is that he would be like, I'm off, bruv, <laughs> putting him over. Uh, yeah, that ain't happening. We haven't heard that. Right, we've done one hour fifteen minutes, and I don't really have the energy. Neither do I. I gotta. I, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I gotta. I gotta get something to eat. I gotta talk to my wife. I gotta find a job. Right. I got all this. Can I rush through? Can I rush through Nagoya? Right. Sure. I'll, I'll Please. Speed. Speed. Run it. By all means. I've had. I've, I had notes for the 
of the carpet. Oh, come on, Joel, please. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through it. There's not, there's not that much there. So right. we had um, Shaman Kato, Katsuya, Morishima, time limit draw. First match they've had together. Seems to me that Morishima uh, is being positioned above Shaman Kato, even though it did go to a draw. He was, he was very, very close to getting the win, but um, it's pr- probably going to be a back and forth thing. But um, they're both quite little. I expect them to be. Genius, but um, it's always fun watching those guys coming up. Uh, we had Honma and Shota against Yujiro and Ren. So uh, Shota has new white tasseled trousers. Not sure about those. I did prefer the pink tights, but um, yeah, Ren needing a Yujiro Kane interference spot to beat Honma is the sort of thing that makes me think, yeah, maybe you're in trouble. <laughs> maybe this guy's yeah. <laughs> and I know they're just sort of trying to like literally bash us over the head with like, yeah, he's a heel. But it'd be nice to have a, a heel that doesn't cheat. I know we had that sort of with the genesis of United Empire there. I no longer heels, but something to think about. Um I, I really enjoyed the ten man tag with United Empire and Bullet Club. Yeah. Um I have questions about Francesco Akira's future. Not like whether he's gonna stay with New Japan because I think he is, but uh, is he going to stick around at United Empire? I think um, there's sort of maybe little rumblings that TJP Ooh. might turn on him. I saw someone doing Uzwang law that the Uzwang will bite whoever's in the vicinity or something. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's going to be something where Akira is like the, the scapegoat, not the Jack Perry scapegoat, but he's, some, something happens at the end of that cage match where he is... Um, kicked out of the faction or something. Um, there was a great line from Walker Street. He said, most loyal of the Filipino cryptids. <laughs> like he's got a, a ranking chart for the loyalty of the various Filipino cryptids. He does a lot of homework, Joe. <laughs> he does, he's, a very, he he's a very studious young man who uh, wants to get every angle covered. So maybe he does have that. There was another great line he came up later in the show. I'll save that one. Uh, I do have contract concerns about Gabe Kid and to a larger extent, Hanare. I, I, my feeling is Gabe's going to stick around. I think with those Bullet Club War Dogs and all the contract stuff, it's been, if you'll forgive the pun, a, a lot of bark and no bite. So I, I expect them to stay. Although, yeah, if Gabe leaves, I will be upset. I don't think he will though. Um, Hanare though, I, I've, I would be upset if he goes because I think there's a, a lot of upside there and a lot of exciting things that he's love to see slotted into that. Never overweight scene, but um, well, the good th- the good news is, is that he hates the United States. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, I don't know, man, because from what I understand, WWE are quite aggressively recruiting. Um, yeah, a lot of Indonesian uh, Indonesian yeah. people to that they maybe can plug into the uh, this um, what should we call it? What is it called? Life Lifeblood? No, not Lifeblood. What's the fucking oh. angle called? The one with Roman Reigns. Uh, That's it, it's called it? the game of life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about the cage match in Osaka. That's going to be great. Yes. Um, there's a good finish here with um, David Finlay powerbombing Callum Newman and sitting on his head, which is really good. Uh, not really that much else that was interesting to be honest. I'm going to skip ahead to the KOPW provisional match, the Ishimori ring fit match, which I thought was very funny. I thought it was just a rib on Okan. To get him all gassed up because he's you know doesn't look conventionally in shape, but um, the the finish of it was quite funny. Although I wasn't aware that belt acquisition was the the criteria for winning. So when he put his hand on the belt, and they're like, "Oh, Okan's won." I was like, "What, really?" Um, that was quite funny though. I enjoyed that, and I bet Okan has got KOPW because I think he might be able to do some fun stuff with it. I do. I mean, I, I guess I do too. I mean, it's something for the poor guy. Um... I didn't understand the fucking rules. 
<laughs> I, you, you had the same reaction I did. I was like, wait, what? Did I miss something? I mean, and trust me, it felt like it was changing every 10 minutes um, of what exactly I was watching. Um, but yeah, but that was weird. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I'm sure we'll we'll have more wackiness. I, I'm very curious to learn if it actually is like, do the participants actually have a say in like, are they going to someone and saying, hey, I got this wacky idea. We can do this for this match. It's uh, I don't know. We'll pull down her pants and fuck. And I don't know, you know, uh, and shove pineapples up her ass. <laughs> you, know? you can have that one if anyone who's listening right that's free, that free listening. oh great Ocon pineapple up the ass stipulation match right. we'll do a gangbusters right uh, like what I mean I wonder if they if they actually do I don't I've never I've never thought to ask but um, maybe if somebody who's listening can can give us that information that'd be wonderful We'll put out a breaking podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we had the, uh, oh Christ, the Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship match, which ELP and Hickelow defeating Chase Owens and Kenta in 21 minutes. That felt like about 50. Um, I want you uh, to describe after our conversation that we had off the air yeah, about this on. match. Good. Say exactly what we were talking about. Uh, we both watched it, but weren't sure whether or not we'd watched it yeah. and forgot who won the match and have absolutely nothing to say about the match. <laughs> exactly right. It was on my TV. I remember looking at it uh, and uh, I have no recollection of it whatsoever. <laughs> like the men in black thing where they <laughs> flash the white light and you, you immediately forget everything. Yeah, exactly. That's what, what this was. match was. There wasn't anything offensive about it. It was just boring and boring is therefore bad. And, and look, if you don't like the Chase Owens and Kenta tag team, then uh, unfortunately you're, <laughs> you're probably going to be seeing uh, a lot more of them this year. So um, very real threat that they are going to win those IWGP heavyweight tag titles. So, Well, look, I'm, it's about time Chase Sticky. earned that money. About time Chase earned that money. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Christ. Uh, uh, main event, never open weight championship match. So, Went to a two minute thirty four second no contest, and then they started up again as a lumberjack death match, which went eighteen minutes. And Evil won via Evil to become the new never open weight champion. I think we all know what this was going to be going into it. Your mileage will vary depending on what your tolerance level is for House of Torture. I quite like them, so I thought this was quite fun. I expected it to be full of shenanigans and bullshit and interference, and it was. And they got me with a few of the near falls, and you know, me and all the other Discord freaks were hooted and a hollering like we I thought there was a possibility that Tabatonga would win and then vacate the belt you know everything that we've talked about about guys refusing to do business on the way out uh Tabatonga fortunately is not one of them uh so there was that near fall where he got his his finishing move and then Dick Togo pulled the ref out of the ring I was just like oh that, that got me so I had a lot of fun here I, I thought it was a, a decent match for what it was and um yeah strangely emotional for mm. me seeing Tabatonga saying goodbye because He's not my favourite, and, and I've said multiple times, and I stand by that, I think he, he really hit his ceiling in New Japan, but very well-loved by the, the, the home fans, yeah. and held down the fort very, very uh, bravely and, and nobly during COVID, when a lot of guys were just refusing to go over there, yep. sacrificed a lot for the company, yep. whilst he had a very young family to be looking looking after, and you know, seeing his daughter's first steps over FaceTime or whatever it was. You know, I, I, I feel that and I respect that. So for all the shit we've talked about, Tabatonga, I think he did a, a lot of good for the company that 
will probably get forgotten and hand waved. But I think it's important to take a moment to you know celebrate him and, and acknowledge his history. You know, being one of the Bullet Club OGs, and um, you know maybe even if if he had his big hot babyface singles run not during COVID, then who knows how it might have been different. It's just unfortunate that that happened right in the middle of the clap crowd stuff. Um, so now I, will I think it's the right time to move on. Yep, I agree. A thousand percent. Sorry to, sorry to step on you there. No, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I do agree with everything that you said. And I'm going to say this too. For a lot of guys, like he's the poster child of what am I going to be doing in New Japan? Like, here's a guy that was in that promotion for the longest time. Again, tag champs, long time. You know, singles title here, singles title there. But never really became what I think everybody wanted to see, right? Um, And I think that he represents a lot of people's concerns of, okay, I, I've spent a lot of time in New Japan. What? Where am I going here? Where am I going? What, do, where, what does the company see in me um, and and me moving forward? Uh, give me a letter grade in his entire time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'll give you mine. Uh, B minus. Uh, yeah, I was going to okay. say the same. Good. We're on the same page. There we go. Uh, oh yeah, the quote I really enjoy from Walker was <laughs> "Evil smoking that Tamatonga pack," which just made me burst out laughing. That was extremely funny. Uh, Derek says Tamatonga is taking Tongalo with him, right? I don't know. I've not heard anything about Tongalo actually. I, I've not thought to ask. It's been out of sight, out of mind with me. Uh, Rabo Slamping says, "What are your thoughts on the, the Nagoya show as a statement following the announcement of Okada's departure? It may not have been the best foot forward. Huh? I thought everyone was working really hard, and you know they had the right energy about them. I." It was not a card built to get you like, yeah, f- you know, we're so back. Um, again, I enjoyed the main event, semi-main. Blech, um, yeah, so I do I do echo your sentiments, Rambo Slamping, but at the end of the day, I wasn't expecting them to completely reshuffle the card at short notice just because Okada's leaving. So yeah. um, I thought they did. It, it was a, a, a relatively inoffensive watch but uh, there's there's better stuff around the corner yeah um i'm trying to find the quote that i can use um when it came to like the feeling like the general temperature of what people are feeling in new japan right now um i'm just kind of reading uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Okay, um, there there is anxiety there, um, and another quote we were at, uh, well, uh, it's a lot of well, what now? Um, and let's see here, what else I can give you here? Uh, I guess that's good for right now. Um, so I mean, again, I don't think that I don't think the mood was we have to go out here and put on the greatest pro wrestling extravaganza we can. I think there was a little bit of let's let's get to the other side. <laughs> I think there was a lot of that. Right, La, well, yeah, uh, we've got a couple of Coracle and Hall shows coming up. Uh, probably one of them would have happened by the time you listen to this. So uh, we've got Tuesday, January 23rd at Coracle and Hall. 
the top two matches, we have a, a, a singles match between Master Watto and Show, and then we have a main event is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So I'm fully expecting Despi to retain here, although I am sort of looking at that Watto and Show semi-main event and thinking, you know, what's yeah, yeah what, what's what's going on here? So possibly Show winning that and then challenging Despi afterwards after Despi has dispatched of Kanemaru. But, um, you know, they, with all the history that Despi and Kanemaru have got being decorated junior tag champs for a very long time, uh, it's always a match I look forward to and they're going to get plenty of time and with a Korakuen crowd behind them, I'm sure that's going to be uh, a really fun one to watch. Yeah, I mean, look, we said 15 minutes ago we were wrapping it up, bro. So I'm going to leave uh, yeah, and then uh, Wednesday main event is a singles match between Shota Umino and Red Narrator. Uh, I mean, probably going to be full of shenanigans. I expect Shota to get his win back there, and you know, maybe build up some of that uh, all important momentum going into New Japan Cup. He could be a, a, a dark horse, well, maybe even a, one of the, the favourites for that. But uh, the interesting one here is the semi main event, the Never Openweight Six Man Tag Team Championship match with Ishii. Tanahashi and Okada defending against Fujita, Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols. Yep. So here I am hoping and expecting Fujita to get his big win here. And a nice little treat for Shane and Mikey for all the hard work that they've done to not a great deal of fanfare. So I'm expecting TMDK to win. And I think Fujita is may, very, may well pick up the fall here. And it could well be over. El Presidente Tanahashi showing Okada the right oh, way done. to do business. Okay. How, how do you see this one, then? See, here's the problem. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is Okada's last Cork and Hall with New Japan, correct? Uh, that is a great question. Let me check, because there's another two coming up the following week. So that is uh, Sunday, February 4th, and Monday, February the 5th. And if I'm going through the cards on that, I am not seeing Mr. Okada on that one. Okay. And on this one, I am not seeing him either. Okay. That's a problem. So you could be right. That's a problem. Oh, yes. I'm sweating now. Fujita's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like, I can't see a title change. Okay, so if there's a title change and he gets the win, whatever happens after the bell rings is going to take a, a bit of steam out of that win, I would think, right? Uh, because the focus will then be, goodbye, we love you, kiss the mat, cry, get carried on somebody's shoulders. Uh, motherfucker. Are, are we in agreement that if the Chaos team win, that's Okada's politics his way out of doing the job? There. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> right? So, and unless they change some cards and do some, you know, something to, to fucking fix that issue, I mean, could he lose still? Yes. Could, could there be a title change? Yes. But... I kind of don't want that. Like, I don't want a guy like that to get a big win and especially pin Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, that's not many people get the chance to do that. Chase Owens aside, right? <laughs> not many people get to fucking do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how we feel about that. 
because once again, this is going to be if 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 this is his last Corrigan, how ca- how could you? How could you do that? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a very exciting one. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll have uh, lots to say. Emergency show this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's my Where There's my left shoots on Okada. <laughs> goes full hero Matsuda and breaks Okada's leg. Aww, that's what I'm saying. You know what? Let fucking one one good kick to the orbital bone. You're a megastar. Do it. Do it. Do it. Shoot on a motherfucker. All right, and we don't. We're not promoting violence here, please. Um. All right. How we feeling? We're good. We're feeling all right. Yeah, I've got a yeah. You know, question that he demanded to be put at the the front of the show, but uh, we'll save that for next time. Okay. Oh, Antonio. Ah, oh, poor guy. You want you want to squeeze it in? Let's do it. It's at the end. He's. I'm, I hope he's okay with the format change. Um, he is going to be furious, probably. But listen, let's as let's angry be- as. Kazuchika <laughs> Okada went asked to work with uh, Young Ted. So, all right, I'll ask it. Antonio says, uh, Bushiro did a very good job in reviving New Japan after Yuke's part of the seeds for it to happen. But my question is, has Bushiro's time as New Japan owner run its course? I know they did well with New Japan, especially Okada leaving. I feel their time has run its course as owners. So do you think we are likely to see a change of ownership of New Japan in the not-too-distant future? I just want to hit stop right now on that answer. <laughs> yeah, hit stop. Let's do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Redsolver.com. No, 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 oh, that's terrible. Uh, look, Pushy Road's not selling. Why would they? they they're not going to sell. And um, and not for nothing, who's going to buy? Right? So, uh, you, and I will say this, Joel, we, we do not want Bushy Road selling to anyone at this point, right? We need, like, when we talk about stability, we need stability here, right? nobody's buying nobody's selling we'll, we'll leave it at that thank you antonio for your patience right thanks everyone else i'm going now bye what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.